Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 152, Prophecies. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there. Wherever you are in the world, you are welcome. We're going to go deeply into the future and possibly the past as well. Did our ancestors leave us messages that would be valuable for us now? And who doesn't love a prophecy? Everybody wants to know what the future holds, even if it's just for next week or the next year. Will this be over? When can we get out? Will we have our freedom? What's my purpose? These are questions that many ask. I have many people ask me that last question in my readings. Why am I here? Am I doing what I meant to do? Will I do it all before I leave? These are wonderful questions that don't always have an absolutely exact, accurate answer because things are changing all the time. And of course we want to know exactly what's happening. Of course we want to know who we are. And some of that time we actually want to know, am I doing a good job? Am I doing what I came here to do? We want the approval. We want to feel satisfied. But with prophecies, and if you've ever followed any of them, such as Nostradamus and Steiner and others, timing is not always the spirit world's best ability. They can say something in the next five years, next 10 years, and they're way off. And we have to give them a little leniency because time doesn't exist in their paradigm. And so we can read a book and that talks about some disaster that's going to happen and we can look back and say, well, that didn't happen. And really, probably it did happen, but not in the time frame that we're talking about. Now, what we would like to believe is that it didn't happen because we made some amazing change in our life. And as an astrologer, I look at those things. I say, okay, here are the transits. These are where the stars will be. We can go advanced into many years ahead. And all we can see is how two archetypical energies are going to meet up. And perhaps the angle between them, is this a square, an opposition, a conjunction? Are they two planets that like coming together? Or are they two that are always going to have adverse effects? But that's all we can do. We can talk about, well, this is a time of transformation. Pluto, this time of birthing something new. And we see that maybe in a, a Venus experience, a Neptune experience. We can see with the, this is a time when you're going to be a little passionate, when your passion can be sexual passion, excitement, or irritation. But that's about all we can do. And I know that from readings I've had all my life, where, yes, the evidence was there, but the actual translation needed a little more than it, I was given. And so sometimes uh, as I was about to give birth to a book, I was being told I was giving birth to a child. That's fine. My books are my children. But today I really want to talk about prophecies that 
are very deep. And the reason that I was directed in this way was someone very generously sent me this piece that came from a military intelligence that talked about the times coming together in 2012, the timelines really merging until there was only one timeline. In other words, he was trained to look at possibilities, potentials. What would happen if we did this? Could we actually change that timeline? Could we change the outcome? And what he saw after many years of his training was, whereas there had been lots of choice, the choice had been narrowed down to actually only one choice, one outcome, one future. And that surprised the military, the, the elite, because whatever they were going to do after 2012, there was an outcome that was always going to happen. Now, you're immediately, I'm sure, saying, what's that outcome? And he generously talked about the Great Awakening, this awakening of individuals, everybody remembering who they are. And I'm excited that that's how he saw it. He didn't see it necessarily as a doomsday, but as a time of wakening up. And I was particularly interested because he mentioned 2012, because I had a lot to do with 2012, as some of you may know. I wrote one of my books around this. And I definitely looked at the prophecies of 2012 and other situations in terms of how long were issues going to be around after 2012 or were there going to be more issues? And what I saw and was told that 2012 was the end of time and this was not the end of a world. It was the end of a time period which the Maya called a world. Their world lasted for 26,000 years. So they were saying this is coming to the end of this time zone or this time period. And we are starting a new one, another 26,000 years period. But I think at the same time, we also saw the end of time, as you've heard me speak about, a temporally induced mind experiment. Time and space, the concept of time and space dissolving away. And this is really a very exciting experience to recognize that we are living as we all know, in the now, and that there is no such thing as the past and future, but only really a circular energy around us and our so-called choices to enter into different aspects of ourselves, parallel lives. That might be taking you too far just at this moment, but as I have mentioned before, the more that we choose to deal with past stories, either forgive, forget, learn from, move on from, the more we are able to come into the now. In the same way, the less that we're fearful of the future, what's going to happen, how am I going to be? And just say, okay, every decision that I'm making now is going to direct which petal of my flower am I going to live in, which parallel life or how I choose to be. Now, I'm just trying to say this to say that every time we go into the, oh, what's going to happen in the future, we're living in fear. We're living in a three-density world. We are feeding that fear 
and we're feeding those who live on that fear. So I understand the premise of saying, I want to know what's going to happen. But what it's really saying is, my future is not in my control. Someone else is not only controlling my future, but controlling my now. I have no choice. And that means someone else is oppressing me or taking away my power, or I am a victim to someone else's choices. That has to stop. We are not victims of other people's choices. We are in control of certain aspects of our life. It may not be that you, we can choose what's going to happen next month or next year, but I can choose how to breathe. I can choose what emotions to take into each experience. And I can choose to actually bring into my world those things that harmonize with my soul. I talk about what excites you, what brings you passion, what brings you enjoyment. And just a little suggestion that you might like to try, that when you're walking, wherever you're walking, imagine the past, which is in your back, to in, behind you, closing, as if a door is closing. So that literally as you're walking, imagine doors closing behind you. You don't have to visualize what those doors are. Just imagine that the, the space of past is complete. It's as if the bubble behind you now is, uh, is shut, is closed. All right? So you're walking forward and you just constantly feel that what you have just walked from is no longer existing. Make sense? Like a, like a closing door behind you. Now, instead of looking into your future and saying, what do I want to come towards me? Now you are no longer connected to the past. Bring yourself into the now and open just a little bit of your heart to being able to say, what does it feel like to know joy? What does it feel like to feel excited? What does it feel like to be passionate? You don't have to do this in a great way. Just just being able to open your heart a little bit to love if, if that's the message you want to bring towards you. Love is always a little tricky because it has so many connotations. And when I am in that space, just for a moment, maybe I just smile. Maybe I just giggle. Maybe I'm just curious. I then, instead of walking into my future, I see my future walk into me. So literally, the next step I take, I'm actually drawing that future into meet me in my place of a smile or a laughter or my excitement. So the future is not panned out by someone else. It literally is I'm creating that in that moment. And that is something I can do. Nobody can stop me doing that. All right, it brings us back into control of our lives. It brings us back into a sense of empowerment, rootedness as I'm walking. So please try that, closing the past behind you, getting in tune with just a small aspect of how you'd like to feel and bringing that future into your world as if the path that you're walking is literally being drawn into your body because of where you are in the now. All right. So that's how I would suggest that we deal with 
feeling out of control because there's a lot of that going on. That's why people are asking, what's going to happen? And as I go back to my 2012 work, there were many stories. One was about the apocalypse, and that tied in very much to what this gentleman from the military was saying. The apocalypse, the real meaning of apocalypse is that which was hidden to the many will now be, and, and only known by the few, will now be known by the many. In other words, apocalypse actually means revelation, hence the biblical terms. It's not a negative, it's about revelation. And he suggested also that this great awakening was part of a revelation. Revelation where nothing can be hidden. Everything is being pushed up to the surface. And I've talked about this before. But when that happens, we can't hide from ourselves either. We have to take ownership of who we are. Because another thing that was mentioned in 2012 by many of the different indigenous speakers I spoke, I heard, was the veils are falling between the dimensions. The veils are falling. Those things that have been veiled to us are now going to be revealed. And that's been happening, certainly, in the, in the last nine years since 2012, and will continue. And so I'm seeing more and more people who are having psychic experiences, stargate experiences, meeting themselves as star beings, but also meeting themselves as not such nice characters. <laughs> you know, maybe you've got in touch with the dark goddess inside you, and I love my dark goddess, or the inner tyrant or the fearful one, or the anxious one. And they may come to you as what we call a nightmare, or they may come to you as other people, and you go, I don't like that person, and then you recognize them as part of you. And so this revelation is about no more veiling, no more suppressing, no more secrets. And it isn't about just other people. Ha ha, let me look at them. It's woo, look at me, let's look at me. <clears throat> because what I see in you, I see in myself. We are one. Namaste. So the veils are falling, have fallen. The Mother Earth, our planet, is also evolving into her perfected state of enlightenment. It's often described as she is going to the 12th dimension. Doesn't matter the numbers but she is evolving. So when she's evolving, she's also throwing off all those tethers, all those ways in which she no longer wishes to live. Fires, earthquakes, water. Remember, yes, we are her guests, but we need to be good guests. And the more we align to her patterns, the lunar cycles, the seasons, the more we celebrate and move with her energy field, the more that we can also evolve at that same time. And I came across a few other ways in which this was looked at in 2012. I wrote one of them down, which was the Jaguar priests. I believe that was of the Maya culture that said, in the final days there will be no priests 
and no one who believes in the governments who don't live in truth. <laughs> I thought, well, there's a truth. I believe, as I've said before, so many times we've looked to leaders or we've looked to people who we thought were experts to show us the way. The Jaguar priest is saying there will be no priests. And that's not necessarily just about priests. It's saying anybody who's been a leader who is not living in integrity to themselves and integrity to their own truth will be found out, will be revealed. And this is a good thing. But when that disappointment happens, when those leaders no longer live up to our expectations, they're really saying, take back your power, take back your leadership. And for many people, this has never happened. They've never lived through a war or a time of trauma. And so there's so much more anxiety. Tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. And there is a disassociation. Let me live in a place where I don't have to face the, the turmoil, the chaos. But unfortunately, even though your mind may get lost in something, your body is still here. It will experience the turmoil. So for many, that's coming through the body. The body is has its aches and pains, its traumas, because the body is saying, you may not be experiencing this because you've meditated yourself out of it or disassociated, but hey, I'm still here. Um, come home, take care of me. So this is a time to be in our bodies, be in our souls. And I just want to read from my own book, a little bit of my own quote, which was The Heart of the Great Mother. Uh, originally, it was the 2012 book. And I really felt that I've spoken before, and many of you quote me as well, that saying back in 2006, I received that meditation that said that if everything was white clear, if we were being given as we are being given, you know, these veils disappearing, the, the expectations disappearing, if everybody was given, now what do you want to do? 40% would fall asleep, 40% would recreate what had just been swept away, 15% would be confused, 5% would get it. And I have many of you quote back to me to say, yes, 80% are choosing either to say, let's just get back to normal and keep going in the way we've been, or why can't someone else make the choices for me? That's the falling asleep. Or maybe I could just get lost, as I say, in the internet or in shopping or eating or whatever the addiction is. So for us, who are that 20% who have chosen to stay awake, chosen to be reconnected and and in continually connected to that silver thread I talked about previously, our spiritual source, again, not spiritual as in some dogma, but more are you connected to your spirit? Is there someone awake? Is there someone at home inside you? Do you know that flow of energy between spirit and matter and matter and spirit? Can you move between them? Is there a light inside you? And I know there is, which is what I'm very excited by. And so what's happening is that not only is the, the, this time changing, but as I'm going to talk about, we're also seeing a dissolving or a reduction in the magnetic field 
of our earth and many of you will have heard Greg Braden talk about this in the past. So the strength of the North Pole, South Pole has reduced. And this is really saying that at some point there could be a pole reversal. And really nobody's clear what that's going to look like. But what we do know is the magnetic field is shifting dramatically and hence why we're seeing the fires and the heat in Siberia that usually is a colder place because the North Pole has now shifted as far as Siberia and hence the South Pole has shifted. So many of the places that used to only know heat or cold are warming up or cooling down. This is part of the magnetic field and I'm going to come back to that. But I always felt that when the difference between the North and South Pole is dissolving, which is what is happening, it's also bringing inequality to us. Because the one great problem that we have is polarization. You're either with me or against me. And to me, this dissolving the decrease in the polar opposites, where they're less noticeably different in their magnetic field, is really saying to us, we need to stop polarizing. We need to see that actually there's not so much difference between you and as I thought. There is a uniqueness in me which makes me wonderful and you wonderful, but in some ways we are both unique, which makes us the same. And that was one of the great messages from the Maya about these times. It is a time where there is acceptance of diversity, that we are accepting diversity which will bring us unity, unity through the acceptance of diversity. We are so far from that. We're trying to create unity by denying other people's points of view. Be diverse, be wonderful, and let me know you through that. And let me actually know you because I am also unique and wonderful, but we are both children of the Great Mother. We are both children of God, the Creator, which makes us unified through our wonderful images of ourselves. We are born in the image of our Creator, and we are here to express that here on Earth. Okay. So as the wonderful teacher that I had, this inner teacher I had at that time said, as the poles of existence start to fuse and the veils between the dimensions dissolve, we will find ourselves becoming increasingly sensitive to the effect of our actions on others. In other words, through our hearts, we will feel what others feel without the luxury of guilt, blame, denial and projection. In this way, we will experience the true meaning of a sentiment found in many religions, including Buddhism, which says, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful, for you and I are one. Imagine a world where denial of our interrelatedness is no longer an option. Imagine how a decision to injure or abuse someone else, whether physically or emotionally, would alter if I knew their pain would be my pain. When you and I are one, all feelings are shared. And instinctively, we will select those actions that bring the greatest degree of harmony and joy. In essence, the world of either presents, of ether, excuse me, presents us with the possibility of a peace upon this planet 
that truly surpasses our present day understanding. We cannot have unity until we have no separation. And that separation has to come when we realize that my thoughts, if they are not ones of joy and peacefulness towards you and would cause pain and harm, that I make a choice not to have those thoughts. It's not enough to say, oh, well, that person just isn't ready to hear what the truth is. That's a judgment. Or I'm trying to help that person because where they are is not a good place for them to be. That's a judgment. When I can say my way and your way may be different, but I hope you find that joy and peace in your world and let me experience it from your perspective, not from mine. And then my wonderful teacher, inner teacher said, there are of course some who strive to maintain polarization, encouraging the enmity that exists between different factions, whether these are religious, political, or even sporting teams. And now, of course, we have a lot to do with gender. And this has increased because this will feed their own selfish needs. There's never been a time where there's more polarization. The vax, the non-vax, the ill, the non-vil, the healthy, the unhealthy, they're just small amounts of this. These beings who are really the puppeteers feed on fear, shame and suspicion that they create and we feel towards each other, keeping us separate, knowing that cooperation, compassion would, and trust would lead to a disintegration of their so-called authority. People don't trust each other now. They are masters of charm threats, which emotionally persuade others not to rock the boat and cleverly distort the true meaning of unity by saying my way or the highway. To perpetuate their own causes, these societies of individuals often exploit the chaos and uncertainty that commonly exists during times of great transition, which is what we're in now. Such puppeteers frequently persuade their followers that they will only feel safe against the enemy by returning to their old ways, which means to be controlled by them. It is not hard for me to understand who these may be. And then he continued, yet despite the propaganda, large numbers of ordinary people are awakening to the fact that many of the dogmas that have been taught for centuries are based on flawed reasoning. Millions of people are beginning to awaken and listen to their own inherent guidance. Through inner knowing, they are reconnecting to the pulse of the Great Mother, her heart and her womb, and remembering their own soul's purpose, their own destiny to bring heaven onto earth and be the unique seeds of consciousness and hence create a new world. Even those who appear preoccupied with their emotions cannot avoid the awakening. Something is an awakening time is going to happen. Those of us who are awakening and have awakened 
Don't ever feel that you are not shining a bright light because your light will be seen, even if it's just by a chink in the armour, because the soul inside every individual is waiting to see that light, and that light is appearing now. And that's what I wrote or experienced back in 2006. Now I have looked back and thought about who have I read about, and I want to bring in the Hopis and, and others who have spoken about these prophecies. I do know that in 2012, when I was again listening to many fabulous indigenous people, they spoke of these times. They said that 2020 to 2026, 25, 26, were gonna be very challenging times. So please everybody take a deep breath. Don't lose yourself now, just keep going. They also spoke about 2020, 2038 as being a time of the enlightenment, the, the time of great change happening. And if we can reach that long, that will be there, I'm sure. I look back at my dear Kahuna, my lovely friend there who you see in the image, Makua spoke about the end of the wars will happen in 2025. He spoke about that in 20, 2001. So of course in 20, 2001, I was thinking, what wars? But I feel we're coming to a point where there may be wars, my friends. I think anybody who says there isn't is, is putting their head in the sand. There's so much activity in the Middle East. There's so much activity going on in the China Seas. There's so much activity happening on our own world, aren't there, in our own continents, whether this is Australia, Europe, Americas. There are many who are choosing to say either I cannot be oppressed anymore or are choosing to oppress. So wars may come, but there will come a time where we will say war is never going to be the answer. It never has been the answer. And I think some of the wars that may occur are going to be those with the star people, with, with from those in, from other planets. And I think we have to be prepared for that. But before you go into prepping and feeling that you've got to go underground, I feel that things are awakening not to go to war against them, but as I say, to make peace with them, to, to reveal ourselves. Sometimes we're at war with ourselves. If we can just find that peacefulness, now that doesn't mean oh, I'm going to meditate into peacefulness and deny all the parts of myself, but let's allow them to come to the surface. And many things are coming to the surface. So I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Hopi prophecy and the blue kachina. And it's hard to know if you do any reading about this, it is talking about, the Hopi prophecy talks about the blue kachina returning and dancing in the square to the uninitiated, to those who had never seen it before, about how the blue kachina is gonna take its mask off. Again, a revelation. So you might ask, well, what is the blue kachina? Some say that this is the planet Sirius, Sirius, which you know, is a double star may even be a triple one. But also I was reading that the Blue Kachina people went into the earth, they lived in the tunnels, they lived into the ground when there was a great destruction to this earth and this has happened several times before. We know the planet has gone through fire, 
and destruction by water. Many times, I want to tell you, this isn't just one great flood. If we look back in time, there have been many great floods. There have been many times when a meteor has struck. In just what we could say the last 10,000 years, there have been many times when meteors have struck this planet. There have been magnetic reversals. There's an event called the Younger Dryas that happened around 12,500 BC. It's not clear exactly whether that was a meteor or whether it was this, as again, this reversal of the magnetic field. Some of you have read about this. But clearly, it was a major event that actually brought to a close very quickly an ice age that was occurring at that time, causing an immense flooding. So talk about climate change. This was one of those events. Some talk about it of having happened in three different sections, 200 years apart or 1,000 years apart. Doesn't matter. It was a big event. And I've been reading Freddie Silver's book on called The Hidden, I Hidden Islands, Hidden Lands, excuse me, Hidden Lands. Brilliant book. And he talks about how he's talked to all the indigenous people of that time and how they spoke about there, there were islands that disappeared and there were islands that appeared. And they even talk about there were different stars that they were following. One minute they're following these stars and another minute they're not. That's kind of worrying because if the star system changes, you've got more than just a magnetic reversal. You've got something happening to the tilt of the Earth. As my husband Leland always says, when the star system changes from what you expect to see every night, that's the time to do what they say on the emergency card that is in the back of the seat in front of you on an aeroplane. He says that's the time just to bend over and hug onto your ankles because everything's going to go all over the place. <laughs> so, you know, what, what did they say? People talk about the tilt of our Earth again, uh, 23 and a half degrees. We have a tilted earth, if you don't know. Was it almost like that? Who knows? Some people say it was because of a meteor hit or something happened where the earth was knocked off its tilt. Some speak about even the direction of the rotation changed. Now, before you do do what my husband says, is just kneel over and hold on to your ankles for the rest of your life, I don't suggest you do that. But I just want to say is that we don't know. We don't know. If what this military gentleman said is that there's a, an event coming that is, we could say, the Great Awakening, that would pretty well wake us all up. <laughs> but I would like to say is that we cannot predict this. And waiting for it to happen or living in, a, in your cellar and we're hoping that it doesn't happen isn't actually about living life. Now, that's just my opinion. We can be prepared up to a point, but there's a, there's a point where there are many things that could happen. People talk about one of the larger meteors in, in the torrid system, which is a system that is part of uh, the asteroid's belt. And they say this could hit in 2030. Okay, it's not so far away. And they say this is a really big chunk of <laughs> rock. And before you all rush off and say, oh, my goodness, this is scaring me to death. It's the reason why I was trying to set things up for you in the beginning to say 
there are things you can prepare for and things you can't. Okay? But you can decide how you're going to live every day. And so there are events going to happen. Can we choose to stop them? Yes, we can. I'm very mindful of how many traditions, and certainly the Iroquois constitution, they chose women, grandmother figures, elder women, um, to decide whether to go to war or not. Because it was decided that only women knew what it was like to bury a child that they had nursed at their breast. Only women knew what was worth fighting for. I think we need to start fighting, not against something, but for something, for a future, for a future for our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, etc. And the women who have been able to say, stop, this is not working. It's the mothers, it's the grandmothers, and you don't have to have had children to feel this energy of saying, this is actually not going to help us. And war always only has death and destruction to the many and the few that profit from it. And this is never going to be a solution for us. So maybe when Makua talks about the end of a war in 2025, 26, maybe he's saying it's the end of wars. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be when we actually realize this isn't working? So I go back to my blue kachina. What's happening is a lot of energy is coming up from the earth. Now, there are different things that live in the earth. And I talked about a little bit about the aquifers last time. The aquifers are very deep water sources. Some people talk six miles down. Some people talk two kilometers down, you know, somewhere between. But these are energies or water sources that may not come from the rain. We often talk about these spring waters that come to the surface and how fresh they are. I'm not a geologist to know where they come from. What's this about? But what we do know is the aquifers, the very deep ones, create currents. They are they're the reason why <clears throat> the water goes down the, the, the plug hole in a certain direction. So the fact of the matter is there's something happening from deep within our earth. And I believe that not only are there beings who are benevolent, who have lived within, within the earth, many of them within the waters, that are coming up to work with us. Some of you may know that you see UFOs coming out of water. Some of the gods of the past had fins or uh, did not have feet or legs. But I also think that there's something rising up and I think the floods that are happening and God bless, I, I don't want anybody to lose their life or lose their livelihood or their home because of floods. But it feels as if the waters are rising and they're not rising to destroy, they're walking, rising to cleanse, to purify, just as the fires are doing the same thing. And it's not because we're bad people. It's like burning away that which we can no longer see, that is no longer gold, washing away that which is not pure to our hearts. And over and over in my readings for this particular podcast, I was talking, listening to how water is our essential nature, 70% of our inner being, our bodies, 70% of the earth. We are connected through water. Our consciousness flows through water. We drink the water. We drink each other's consciousness. So I, I know I don't want anybody to suffer because of floods 
or lack of water, but we need to return to what water is. Water is the unconditional love of the Great Mother. We need to immerse ourselves in that love. My final piece that I want to share is about the Hopis, and they speak about, as I said, the blue kachina returning, showing itself. So is this something that's going to happen because the star be uh, returning? Is this the star beings who come from Sirius, who I described before as maybe being more elf-like, although some also talk about the whales and the dolphins, therefore more watery? Is this some event that's going to be more watery? They talk about the, the twins that are returning. And at that time, they were talking about the comet Halibop that many of us saw in the sky. They talked about maybe that's the twin. But my sense is they also talk about the twins being the North and the South Pole. And maybe the twins returning, maybe these twin energies, the, the magnetic North and South coming together. So maybe the returning of that is causing this transition and that the, the, the star Sirius will become brighter in our sky. And then they talk about the red purifier that will cast its energy across the earth. And I think that red purifier is maybe in the sky. Again, it may be that we're going to see a red glow in the sky, etc. But maybe it's more than that. It's about that red light inside yourself, finding, purifying your being to reconnect to a spirit. Because in the discourse I was reading, it was saying that where there is no fire behind the eyes, where there is no light in the heart, that people may have lost themselves. Maybe the purifier is coming to reconnect us. So my friends, I think I'm going to leave it at that point. I could read a lot and, and you could probably also speak about this. But I'm going to leave you just with these thoughts. This is the great awakening. That awakening is a revelation. The veils are falling. The truth of who we are is coming to the surface. Then maybe the means by which it's going to happen may be in chaos and confusion. But the more the outer world falls away, the more we're needing to trust our inner world. Trust our inner guidance. Allow our light to shine brighter. And when we do that, we connect more clearly with our true inner spirit, not something just in our heads, but within our inner knowing, our soul. And there is only one timeline. I'm coming right round to that. I believe our path is set. We can make choices how we meet it. We can make choices what we wish to do with this. But we are on a trajectory that says it's time for humanity to wake up, to reconnect. And to do that, just remember, each of us chose to be here now. This was not a mistake. You did not come here to clear karma. You did not come here to suffer. You did not come here to struggle. You came here to be the mighty being that you are. And we need you. We need every one of us to live our life fully. And you have the courage to be here because that was the choice we made. I know light will prevail. I know we are in this great awakening. And I know that we see each other and love each other 
because I am another one of you. Namaste. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcasts on YouTube. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.